you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Kind of where you're going right now, Shaq. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There you hear Coach Mooch, Steve Mariucci. He thinks he knows what I'm trying to do. We'll see if he can figure it out when he sits down with us. On his way to our suite here in Dallas, Texas, in a fancy hotel. It's very exciting for us as the 2018 NFL Draft Fast approaches. Coach David Shaw of the Stanford Cardinal on the way with Coach Mooch, former coach of the Cal Berkeley Bears, as well as, uh, you know, you know what Coach Mooch did. Also, uh, Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks. He's the uh, the biggest booking in you know, it is true. He's the biggest booking, I think, in all the world right now with the, with the draft uh, just about nigh. Um, so we're going to kibitz with him. Um, and in the meantime, seated to uh, to my immediate right, two producers, uh, Emma VP and Erica Tamposi. How's your Dallas experience been so far, Emma? Oh, it's going well, Shaq. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, it's, it's Shaq. Oh. oh. I don't know why Coach Mooch loves calling me Shaq instead of Shaq, but he does. I think I'm going to run with it. All right, call me Shaq if you want. All right, Shaq. Hey, um, you guys, I saw some uh, you, on social media. You guys went out and hit golf balls at uh, in Dallas, Texas. How'd that go? Uh, I lost. Emma lost worse. How do you lose? How can you Just lose? By being bad. Driving range. Being really bad. You lost dignity. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. I see. You have to hit it into the targets and um, Mark Brady, you know. All that money at the Woodland uh, Golf Golf Club paid off. He does. Our our boss, uh, Mark Brady, yeah, he likes to play golf in his free time. Do you see the results? Do you, yes. Can you, are, are, does your esteem for him as a man go up watching him swing a golf club? No doubt. Is that true? Does it? No. No? Yeah, he gave me some pointers, actually. He was he was good. He was very, he didn't, like, you know, throw it on us. It wasn't like, oh, you're doing this all wrong. That would have been a little too much. But every once in a while, he'd be like, you know. Emma, keep your eye on the ball. Shaq, I was beyond pointers. <laughs> he didn't even look at me. Like, he told Erica, like, oh, like, look at, you know. Like, I, it was, I was too far gone. No, nothing for me. And he made you get, he, he said, uh, Emma, why don't you go get me and Erica a drink? Pretty much. That's what he did? Yep. That seems almost disrespectful. Yeah. Well. Speaking of disrespectful, I don't want to go into it. I covered it on my flight out. But, I mean, the people all around. The, the flight hadn't even taken off yet. And I looked to my immediate right and the lady already had her shoes and socks off. And I and I almost vomited. And then I look I, and then I look a row, one row ahead of me, caddy corner. There's a guy and he's got his flip flops on. And I knew what that meant. Ugh. I knew what was coming. Next thing I know, he's got the flip flops off and now he's got his feet drawn into his body so that the so that the bottom of his feet are on the seat that's despicable despicable sad you had that that's why they they fly us first class 
Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm so glad for you guys. Well, I guess we are the broadcast. So. We are the broadcast. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yes. Good. Uh, make sure you're following Emma VP. Give me, you know what, Emma VP? You don't give your Twitter handle out enough. At the Emma VP. And Tamposi? Uh, Tamposi NFL. Yes, they do really stupid work with their uh, with Did you their see segments. Emma's uh, One Bite Taco? I did see that. Yeah, I did good. see that. Informative. Uh, yes, make sure you're checking those out on uh, on the Twitter and on the Facebook or however uh, the kids like to consume things these days because uh, they're, like I say, really, really dumb little segments. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you want to see those. So, All right, let's get to it now. Let's, uh, let's begin the draft talk three cone drill all that jazz with our pal from move the sticks daniel jeremiah all right here he is we can travel the world over we can try and track down the chief expert on what's going to happen at the 2018 nfl draft but you know what think globally act locally let's kibitz uh right in the neighborhood even though we are in Dallas, Texas now, not back in uh, Culver City up in Studio 66. One of the greats in the business, or perhaps the best in the business right now, he is Move the Sticks. He's also our pal, Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop? Welcome to the busiest week of your year. I think it's been a while, Dave. I think it's been a while since we've been on the show. I right. feel a little bit like the kid that went off to college, and I'm kind of back home visiting the folks right now because you are my, my podcasting father. So it's always, you know, it's it's enjoyable. I just feel like I hope you don't have a lot of rules. You know, I've been out of the house for a while now. Coming back in, you're putting a curfew on me and all that kind of stuff. It's a little, it's a bit much. No, you're kind of like the prodigal son. You know, I, I put you through college. You know, I, I, I'm nothing, I have nothing to hang my head about. I'm not ashamed. It's good, solid work, plumbing. Uh, you know, put food on the table and a roof over your head. But now you went off and you became an ocular surgeon or something like that. And now you're really rich and successful. And we're just happy to have you back under our roof. But I do get the sense that if the presents aren't up to par, mm -hmm. that, that uh, you're looking down on me. That's correct. Well, give us the present of uh, knowledge right now, won't you? What we got? Well, first of all, before anything else, I uh, what do you make of a person? How would you evaluate this if this were a prospect you were talking to? What would you think of somebody who told you that uh, he has, has decided to fully embrace the idea of just having one button-down shirt but then buying six of them and just wearing the same one every day as I do now I, I appreciate the simplicity of it it's basically like being a UPS driver full-time yeah you know I thought maybe you could mix in the short sleeve what you know, to go yeah. along with that but the same fabric same material same buttons what can you denim do for scissors. you just get some scissors and you're I, good I really am uh, this generation's Jay Leno I, that's my one concern. That's a little bit too much <laughs> denim and uh, and jeans underneath. But he's got more of this. I have the kind of the light denim. Yeah, I think that's, that's more of that's a Jay Leno. Yeah. Right, that's where I go hip. That's yeah. why, yeah, mine's a little you bit. darken it up a little. Um, also, um, a disastrous uh, journey out here to Dallas, Texas. I don't want to bog, get bogged down, uh, belly aching about this. But not one but two people in my immediate space uh, took their shoes and uh. socks off. What do you think about that? What would you, uh, would you, would that be a mark against somebody if you were, if you so, it just so happened like Baker Mayfield's on my plane, he's two rows ahead, like, wait a second, he's got his bare feet yeah. out. No, it's a major red flag. I'll be honest, with you. I've had flights before where I've chosen to stand up in the back of the plane, which is totally against the rules in the nice flight attendant said, uh, can I help you with something? I said, just go walk by 16F, take a whiff. I can't. I literally, I, I can't sit there. Mm. She's very, very kind, very understanding. I, I stood up for an entire flight. I think it was probably two and a half hours in the back of the plane until they said, you got to sit down for landing and went back and sat down. I couldn't do it. It's not even a, you know, I mean, listen, if it, if it went that extra uh, mile of stench being, it's not even that. It's just a repugnant bit of narcissism that you think you're at home and you're on a plane with and not just you're not around thing. other human beings you are literally in some cases pressed up against those human beings well but but yeah but look feet. but look while it's grotesque as you describe it you can avert your eyes from a messy ugly situation like we're talking about with no shoes there's nothing you can do with your nose that's fair you know what good point touche um hey Let's talk about the draft a little bit, and everybody's chopping up these QBs this way and that. You and I both, uh, both. I, I think I would say you and I, I mean, I'm the QB whisperer, let's be honest. <laughs> I've had a couple of swings and misses, like on the Ryan Mallett uh, 
infamy a few years ago. But for the most part, you and I usually park our cars in the same garage. Who is this Baker Mayfield jazz? Yeah. And he might be great. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be great. Same goes for Josh Allen. But those are the two guys out of the names that we're hearing that feel to me like they are much more, all due respect, much more likely to bust, mm-hmm. you know, feast or famine, those two guys. Is that right? Are, those, are, are any of these guys, first of all, bust-proof or as close as you can get? Or who's most likely, if things get a little bit, start going in the wrong direction, things, uh, things could uh, blow up quick? Well, I, I'll say none of them are bust-proof, and I don't know really if any player is bust-proof. And the situation matters for all these guys, no doubt. But I just think with, with Sam Donald and Josh Rosen, especially you know if Josh Rosen can just stay healthy, at worst, you're talking about a double off the wall. I mean, I think they're going to be solid starters. I think they're going to be top half of the league starters, top 15 quarterbacks. I don't know. You know, Josh Rosen, with, with his throwing ability, could end up being a top five quarterback. I think Sam Darnold could, it could be in that five to ten range. But I don't feel like you're just going to totally swing and miss. Whereas with, with Allen and Mayfield, hey, you might hit it out of the stadium, but you might swing and miss. There's just a lot more variance in what could happen there. And I think that, I think the situations for those two specifically – matter I mean matter in a big way Mm -hmm. Josh Allen has got to go someplace where they're going to be patient with him do not do what Cleveland did last year with Deshaun Kaiser and take somebody who's not ready put him out there and and he's gone within a year so you got to be somebody that's patient with him and then when you look at Baker Mayfield you got to have an offense that is quick rhythm passing you talk about a pure west coast system get the ball out of your hands um, where he's going to be comfortable there um, I, I'm fascinated by situation matters with these guys. You had the big thing. We talked about it for uh, – we talked about it ad nauseum three, four weeks ago when Jim Moore was on your show, and he seemed to suggest – I mean, well, he's equivocated now, but the the it was – him advocating for jo- for Sam Darnold over his guy, Josh Rosen. Um, I, guess, I guess, you know what, let's do it this way. Let's yep. do it. I want to I do this because I think what really will illuminate – who is situation proof? Who who you could put somewhere, and uh, no matter no matter the situation, it's a it, there's a pretty decent chance that this kid's going to make it. I know it's a little more difficult to assess with a quarterback versus a running back, let's say, but let's do this. I mentioned this to you when you and I were sitting down. I'm at- cutting off before you get to this, all right? Because I want to. I, I don't want to let the thing go. What you said about Coach Moore, because I want to say something. About oh that. yes, real, real, go ahead. Just real real quick. Um, having scouted for two teams in that division with Cleveland and Baltimore. And he he didn't say it this way, but kind of one of the ways I, I, I well I want I really do want to hear your opinion. That's what on, I, that's why I wanted you're to, 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 to share this because having been in those rooms in that division, um, Sam's uh, durability, his thickness, his ruggedness, to me fits in that division. So that's mm. kind of how I interpret it. Because look, we were there. You had Flacco, you had Carson Palmer at the time. We were looking for a quarterback. We had Steve McNair at that time, even at the end of his career. I mean, he's a big mm-hmm. strapping dude. Um, so we felt not just the weather and all that kind of stuff, but in that physical of a division, you had to have a strong, rugged quarterback to be able to just physically hold up there. And Sam Darnold, I mean, you watch him get hit 27 times against Ohio State, he gets up 27 times. He is a tough, rugged guy who's proven to be durable. And Josh has, has missed some time there. So that's how I interpreted that. But obviously it got interpreted in a, in a million different oh, ways. Well, that's what, that's what I uh, scoffed at, this thing of like, oh, he's a, oh, he's a blue-collar kid. He'll fit in in yeah. a blue-collar town. Like, what, what they, want, they won't enjoy if uh, a guy <laughs> comes in there and just lights it up Marino style. Like, Nobody what, cares. What, Here's oh, a question oh, for Oh, you. no, they're, they're, they're blue-collar folk. They I, don't like that kind of I said of this yesterday. Do you know what personality trait every great quarterback has in common? Tell. I'm asking because I have no idea because there is no personality trait that they all share. Really? Yeah, they're all different. No Who? question. You can find quiet. You can find boisterous. You can find energetic. You can find kind of sleepy guys. You yeah, I guess it. that's true. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers defines uh, the sli- you know the the sort of uh, more reserved kind of guy. Who is though? By since you've been doing this sort of thing. Who is the QB? You say situation matters. Who's the one whose situation didn't matter for? Or there well, are a few I mean, guys I mean, like yeah, that? Andrew Luck obviously comes into comes into mind. I mean, just somebody that okay, any kind of offense you want to run, you want to be able to move around, you want to be able to you know just be a pure pocket guy. You want to put a lot on their plate mentally. Um, you want to operate quick. I mean, all that stuff. He 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 checked every box. By the way, do you think they're all right with Jacoby Brissett? Because I, you know, listen, I'm not casting aspersions on Andrew Luck. I hope he comes back and is fine. But it assumes a great deal that that this guy. I mean, it's it, it really is weird when you when you think about how uh, certain 
the guys like you were about Andrew Luck, and here yeah. we are. I mean, that was 2012. Yeah, it's 2018. Yeah. It's like well we, well, we don't know. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play. He hasn't thrown a ball in a That's year. That's the now. whole deal. He just hasn't it's been weird. healthy at all. Do they need to go for a QB? Or I guess they're I, you probably know I, you okay got to know all the medical stuff there. But I just know they haven't been parting with Jacoby Brissett. There's been some reports out there. I know from talking to people around the league, there's a lot of people that really like Jacoby Brissett. So uh, the fact that they're st- sticking with him right now at this point in time, the fact that Sam Darnold hasn't thrown a football uh, means there's got to be some concern there. Uh, is Kaiser, you mentioned Deshaun Kaiser. I like him. I don't I don't think he's I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving is, up on him Is yet. he better, in by your estimation, was he better at this time before the draft took place and we saw what happened? Was he, did you have, uh, uh, did you hold him up higher than any of the five QBs? No, you know I had him in the 30s last year, and I did. I look at the way Deshaun Watson played last year was was greater than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. I had him as a top quarterback, but I didn't have a huge grade on him. Mahomes and obviously very limited action played better than what I thought he would. Um, I think resting him or sitting him at the beginning was was a stroke of genius there, not to rush him at all to give him some time. But I, I have this group much ahead of what we had last year. If we redrafted 2017, would it shake out differently with the quarterback specifically? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think Deshaun Watson would have been at the top. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what do you think about Mitch Trubisky? Because I've been catching heat from Bears fans because when we did the mock draft Bears fans are very defensive of Mitchell Trubisky. Bears fans did not like me saying on the show that I thought that they will will rue the day that they passed on Jamal Adams. Mm -hmm. I think he still is going to end up being the best player in that draft. But oh, people don't like hearing that about their Trubisky. Boy Mitch. There's there's two fan bases out there. I don't know that people are aware of, and I and, and I do believe that Trubisky. Now they've gotten him some more help this year. I think you'll see him take a step forward. I think he's going to be fine. But if you say anything about Trubisky, they will they will come at you hard. The most underrated fan base in all of the NFL, Jonu Smith. I dare you to talk about a tight end going to the Tennessee Titans because the Jonu Smith fan club will attack, and it is vicious. <laughs> The way That's they attack. Your one. I don't. You know. You don't know weird. they exist. It's like a silent army out there. And as soon as a tight end gets mentioned with the Tennessee Titans, the Jonu Smith army will attack. It's funny because, like the the dyed in the wool, the old school fan bases that are known for being edgy. Philadelphia comes to mind. They're not the. They're not. Maybe it's because they're old school. They don't use the newfangled technology to get after yeah. you. You know, they just throw full cans of beer at uh, at their foes <laughs> uh, down under the ice. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted. We better by get hockey, to this. We better get to your. We're project. getting to it. I don't it. know I how much time we something. have. All right, we're got, I, going. I got Andrew Howard sitting up, standing up back there. Is that right? Oh my gosh, we the PRs are. We are on the clock. We got to. All right, let's go. go. Um, okay, but yeah, but but I, it's the newfangled teams. It's the Seahawks. Yeah. The Falcons are like that. Too. Ornery they're, group. Their fans are what? What, what are you getting so hot it's about? An angry Falcons, bird, literally. I know you. Yeah. You know you're in Atlanta. Your your teams haven't exactly uh, done. You know all the teams there, including the college one up the road in what was Athens. Oregon. That was a ter- which for twenty eight to three. Ugh. That's uh. <laughs> that. That was an unsolicited attack, and I'm sorry <laughs> to the Falcons fans out there. All right, let's do this. I want to talk about. Like I say, I think this will. I I suspect at least that this is going to reveal. Um, something, in, or maybe it'll just be uh, a boring uh, three, four minutes coming up here. So mm. either way, you, 50, listen, 50, you 50, don't 50, know 50, until yeah. you hear yeah. it. So you can't really turn the show off until you. By the hear way, everybody behind the camera, I, I kind of know which way they're Do leaning they? on this one. But yeah. look at that, Emma yeah. VP's already is she napping? What's going on in the nightlife in Dallas? Come on, <laughs> Emma VP. All right, here's what I want to do. I think this will tell us a great deal. It let's pretend that it is not the Cleveland Browns, and let's give every team a term. Really, you don't want to be in this spot because it means okay. you didn't play well But in the preceding year. But let's say each of the 32 teams, let's give them their moment of Goodell walking up to the podium, the first overall pick of the 2018 draft, the Cleveland Browns select. Who do you think it's going to be? We'll start there. Well, it's still up in the air. I mean, you see all this right. stuff about Baker Mayfield. I have stuck with Sam Darnold through the whole process, and until I've got concrete information that it's not him, I'll, I'll stick with Sam Darnold. And and that is the one you would take too. That's who I would take as well. All right. So, so is this what we're doing? Oh, so who who would they take? Well, all these teams. That's correct. Let, That's correct. You know, it would have been great if I w- would have uh, written down on a piece of paper the one through thirty-two, so I could uh, go by pick division. You can pick them up in no, your head. No, I'm 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 just gonna. Just gonna oh yeah, I could it. do it divisional. That's a little easy. I I think that just with your mental capacity, I think that's probably the only way this is going to get done correctly. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a little too trusting it, when, of myself when you, sometimes. When we have to tease the podcast, and it's like, what would 27 <laughs> of the 32 teams do with the first pick? <laughs> By the way, I meant that I've been meaning to ask you that. Who do you like better, Bucky Brooks or you? Oh, come on, that's an easy one. I didn't play in the NFL. Gotcha. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, and he, and what do you what do you make of the fact that he wears? Is that a good thing to be Bucky Brooks on the back of his jersey? Two names. It would have been better if he was a single-digit number, which they really couldn't Ooh, do back there, because then you have yeah. the one number, two names, and you just oh, mark that it be, that hard. Uh, boy, would that be cool. Yeah. He thinks that's, uh, uh, that that's great, but I think it says it, it shows a lack of self-esteem. Like, I, you know oh, who I am. I'm Bucky Brooks. Yeah. That's a good fair, oh, fair point. All right, here we go. Let's do it now. Next up. It is the New York football Giants. I'm going to try to do it off the top of my head. I'll, I'll lose uh, track after about yeah, five. But, okay, yeah. the Giants have the first overall pick. Who are they taking? And this is who I think they should take. Okay. Who I think who they should. Who would be the best fit for the New York Giants? I'll say Sam have. Donald. we got a 37-year-old quarterback. So, let's keep it rolling here. we got to get through these, Dave. Okay. Let's go. At number three, the New York Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Hmm. At number four, so anybody that needs a quarterback, I'm going to give them who I think. The All right, best I'm off the rails is. now because I don't want to start trying yeah. like how the how the Browns came by the pick and anything. Yeah, All right, yeah. I'm going to do it your way. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills need a quarterback, so Sam Darnold. Okay, this I, I you know what I think this is interesting. In fact, because obviously you have decided Sam Darnold is the best quarterback, but also regardless of fit and situation, this is emerging that Sam Darnold's the best of the group here. Next up. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, I would take Sam Darnold. He's would you upgrade. really? Yeah, he's a, he's a massive upgrade. This is me. a team that went to the playoffs uh, two years yeah, ago. Um, Ryan Tannehill staying healthy. I, I just I think I got a chance to get a premier quarterback. I don't think they have a premier quarterback. I do it. I, I mean, if they take Baker Mayfield, I don't know what. I don't think that would be a great move for the Miami Dolphins, but we'll see with that one. All right, here we go. A team that uh, that is going to have a 41-year-old quarterback this year. Breaking news, Don Yee has announced that Tom yeah. Brady does intend to play. I don't know why that was a story at all. But anyway, the New England Patriots, first overall pick. This, this would one, be great this if you one, go This, this was – yeah, I think I, – I mean, I want to say you try and make a run at it this year, you would maybe take Chubb because he would, you know, immediately you go chase another Super Bowl right now. Um I think you got a 41-year-old quarterback. you got to take a quarterback. I would take Sam Darnold. It's interesting because they've – I mean, Corey Dillon was very good. He was a high-end, rugged runner. But but I thought you might go Barkley. I thought you – Yeah, but, I mean, they've just – they've plugged guys in there. They play with three or four different running backs, and they're fine. But I do think that – but but to zig while the rest of the league, you know, is yeah. looking at how Belichick likes to do things, it would be interesting to have some high-end dynamite mm. running back and see what he would but do. But they're a him. little bit of a prisoner of just how successful they've been offensively with whatever you put out there. And watching the Eagles go up and down the field, to me, if it wasn't Darnold, it would be Chubb. Mm. All right. The Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, huh? If if they had the first pick, I think I would go quarterback. Really? Um, wow! A man who has ties back to the Ravens organization says, "Move on from five, eh?" It's been what missed the playoffs for the last right. five years. Listen, well, you know that's what we talked about. Let's get to the Cincinnati Bengals. On the mock draft show, I said take Lamar Jackson. I've caught a lot of heat from Bengals fans yeah. for that one. How dare I? How dare you? You understand you have defined mediocrity with mm -hmm. the Andy Dalton. There have been a couple of high points, but it's not like uh, you've – I don't know if you think you played in a Super Bowl or something, or, but, <laughs> I mean, Andy Dalton is Andy. Yeah. You know, you can you can do better anyway. Your, your opinion here. Uh, with Andy Dalton there, gosh, this one would be tougher for me. Because you got Joe Mixon, who I'm high on mm -hmm. going forward into the future. With Cincinnati, I'll switch it up this time, and I'll say they take Chubb. And they'll say they'll ride the Andy Dalton train a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. To their own detriment. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers. Ooh, I, think, I think when you're this close to getting another one, and I could have said the same thing about the Patriots, but I just think that the Steelers might be a little bit more aggressive here and just take Saquon Barkley. And then that they could we'll see what happens. He plays with Lev Bell for a year. Maybe Lev Bell doesn't show up. I don't know, but I I say that selfishly because I would just love to see how they would make that whole thing work. I mean, I feel like I'm with you, but I feel like 
Roquan or Darwin. I mean, of of, of the guys yeah, I covet from from where I sit as a Steelers fan at the back of the first round, and knowing that neither one of those guys is going to fall that far. Yeah, I do look at those guys and think if you're talking about need, and the Steelers don't draft on need, but if they yeah. if they were going to, I would want one of those two guys. Yeah, just you don't take you really don't take off the ball linebackers with the first pick. You just don't do it. All right, you don't. <laughs> um, all right, next up, the AFC South. Let's go with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, uh, Barkley. I think you take Barkley there. Eh, still even with the QB? Yeah, I nothing. think you're still wishing and hoping there with Andrew. If Andrew gets back healthy, Andrew's better than all these guys. Titans. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, again, I would go I would go Barkley. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Got a young quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars. I would take Darnold. I think they win a Super Bowl with Darnold. That's a, yeah, I guess that uh, that's a pretty easy one. And enough with this jive of like Blake Bortles is is good enough. Like it, that, that that when that's the premise, then you're trying to hide the guy by definition. Yeah. When you're you, well, I mean, he's not the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. Houston Texans. Houston Texans obviously have the quarterback. I would take Barkley. Best player in the draft. Plug him in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They would be scary if they would make that happen. Um, and, uh, okay, now to the AFC West. Let's start it off with the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers. Um, man. Uh, you know, I would probably, and, and Phillip's still playing at a high level, but I would probably go with the quarterback for them. Not any thought that rose in there. I thought of any, you know, Sunny. Yeah, but SoCal. here's the thing: like, if you're saying what what I do, and I st- the way I stack the quarterbacks, I'm gonna take the top quarterback for me for all the teams that need a quarterback. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, and they've got great running back already. I, I would probably take Chubb. Um, I you know I I keep thinking that the Chargers are are very quietly positioned to perhaps unless the Raiders bounce back big yeah they might they, they might run away with that they could be their defense is very very talented and they got an offense that scores a bunch of points. that's why I thought you know I, I get you on the QB thing but again about a, t- a team that feels uh ripe you know it's the, well, the Chargers you, you, with 38 year old Rivers if you want to take a run at it if yeah. you get one more defensive piece like James and at the back end of that defense somebody mm-hmm. somebody like that to just uh yeah again it just comes what's what positions are worth a first-round pick? That's a philosophical discussion. Oakland Raiders. Uh, Raiders, Barkley. Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, Darnold. Hmm. Interesting. I don't see – I think John Lynch – I mean, John Elway has put himself into a weird corner here. I think he's kicking the quarterback thing down the road a little bit, personally. I think they, they take a position player. Or I think – That I think makes sense to they're, me, To right? me, they're the, the favorite to get out, to trade out be the team oh interesting yeah that makes it that makes uh, a lot of sense to me because you've now put yourself in a position where you you spend the money on Keenum you drafted Paxton Lynch in the first round just two drafts so you can't now just keep obsessing over I know it's the most important position but you still can't just uh scuttle the rest of your needs uh, to by focusing on yeah. a QB and rolling zero chance there. we get through all 32 teams. we're getting through zero. them all next up zero. it's America's team we'll yep. start right there Dallas Texas is where we sit yep. who should they take uh, Chubb. Okay. Another edge rusher, Demarcus Lawrence. Does he get him signed up? You're in good shape. Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins. I would take Barkley. Okay. We took care of uh, of them uh, gents, so now we will move on to the world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. I would take Barkley. To the south we go, and uh, and let's start off with Superman and company, the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, um, even though you draft Christian McCaffrey, I think because you can use him in so many different ways, I would take Barkley and let him compliment him. Yeah, what a dangerous offense all of a sudden you would have there. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Bucks, Barkley. New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, I would take a quarterback with Drew where he is right Mm. now, and the running backs are in great shape. Uh, Chubb would be a strong consideration there. and they actually love they love talented guards too. I mean, you look at their Super Bowl team, how good they were with Jerry Evans and. Uh, um, well, the way they're built now, the other, you would who think is the that other guard, there's big, huge physical guard on that Super Bowl team. Uh, don't Come on, who was that? 
was Jari Evans, and now it's escaping me. But they were really good along the interior that year. So that would be a consideration, but I think you got to go Darnold there. you got to go quarterback. Here's the team I'm circling here and now. Hear me now. I don't know what's going on with Julio Jones right now, but that notwithstanding, I think the Falcons had a weird 2017, maybe Super Bowl hangover or whatever. I don't know what happened there, but they're going to bounce back big. Chubb. Chubb, Chubb yeah. and Vic like Beasley that. opposite. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Um, and now we'll go to the north. Let's go with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, Saquon Barkley. Ooh, imagine that. Um, Chicago Bears. The Bears, uh, I would go Chubb. Detroit I love Lions. Barkley, but i go Chubb there. The Lions, I would go Chubb. Oh, no, 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 no. Take that back. I'll go Barkley. I'll go Barkley. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Barkley makes a ton yeah. of sense. There, Minnesota yeah. Vikings, they got, you know, Dalvin Cook coming back. I man, they ha- they're they're roster by the way when you go through the process, yeah. they might have the best roster in the NFL. And by the way, I feel like that that's one of those things that we have kind of forgotten about yeah. is that Dalvin Cook assuming he comes back right. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, that they remember when he got hurt, it was like, "Ah, Vikings again, they're star-crossed. They yeah. two seasons in a row. They start out well and now they're not going anywhere and uh Quentin Nelson because I think they're ready to win right now, win yeah. a Super Bowl, and that would be a need for them. Okay. Um, I think we've uh, rounded out the uh, the North there. So that leaves us with the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, Chubb. Ah, lost Barkley, Simon McKinnon. Now, nah, you know what? I flipped that. I'll go Barkley again. That's always a tough one when, you ha- when they could use an edge rusher, no question. Uh, but I just think Barkley's too special. And do you have – I've heard some people say things along the lines of Jimmy G is better than any of the quarterbacks in the draft this year. Well, just based off what we've seen him do on an NFL field is pretty darn impressive. But, you know, coming into the draft process, I think I had him in the early 30s. Um, and grade-wise, I have this group ahead of him. But obviously, I can't – I mean, what we've seen for Jimmy G is pretty darn good. Rams. Rams, another roster that's in great shape. Uh, hmm. With the Rams, again, they might be a they might be a Nelson team. I'll give them Nelson. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, um, Todd just Gurley, to you got Todd him. Gurley. You've got one of the best defensive lines. Although you know what, they could use an edge rusher to complement all, all the other guys they've got up there. Lose Robert Quinn. So, hmm. um, the Arizona Cardinals, Darnold. And let's bring it on home. See, you, they said we couldn't do it, and by they I mean you. We couldn't get it done in time. It's the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks, Saquon Barkley. Hmm. Well, was that good? Did you enjoy that? Was that illuminating in any way for you? Or was okay. that kind of snoozy? Yeah, it was okay. Emma VP, give that a letter grade. Was all right? Or was it? I mean, I think it's interesting because it tells us a little. A C, DJ yeah. says. Yeah. Oh, he said that. Yeah, yeah. She whispered it. She just wouldn't say with it. With her eyes, yeah. she made it. Yeah, she did. she speaks a lot with her eyes. Yeah. DJ, we appreciate you making time for us. And like I say, what I what we know is your uh, busiest week of the calendar year. We're proud of all your success. And Before I leave, can you do me one favor? Post op features about as you. we're as we're about, sitting in a what do they have to say about in a hotel room that looks like a stuff. like a like a you use the term like a junket. Is that the correct? Yeah, that's term? it. So most of these junkets, as I've seen, maybe one or two of them. When which I'm vendor are no no no, no 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 this is what i want you to do so this is where you have to give an obnoxious sell of my quote-unquote movie which is going to be uh you can do the podcast or the nfl draft your choice but act like when we know you really don't listen to it or are going to watch it but just sell it like they sell it even though you know they're full of it hey if you love pro football then you're gonna love the insights of this guy's the best in the business dan jeremiah that was pretty weak dan you, that wasn't very good yeah. dan Daniel, it's Dan, you go by Daniel. Yeah, that's funny. Jeremiah Daniel. That might be something that they would do. I'm a so, big fan of yours. I've so seen does, all your work. Want me to show you how it's done here real quick? I would like you to. Okay. Well, it's been a great visit here with uh, with Dave Demeshek, and I'm telling you guys right now, if you go see his movie, you will not be disappointed. The, the work he's done on network television over the last year, I'm going to be honest with you, it's some of the best work I've ever seen. <laughs> The drama that he brought to that role as a sports player, sports something sports related, uh, was truly remarkable. And I will go down in, in history and go to my grave thinking that the greats really come down to Pacino and Dame Shack. Let me tell you something. Well, I mean that was something. Um, yes, make sure you check out the upcoming Move the Sticks 
Guess who's joining them? Sam Darnold is uh, is going to be a part of that. Make sure you track down Move the Sticks. One of the great shows out there on uh, on iTunes. You know, I listen to it. I never miss uh, a moment of the show. I mean, the thing I would say, I mean, you, it, it just seems like when I listen, it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. It's good. Talking football. And you don't listen to it. I don't you're th- so, no, you're see, such that's a liar. Right. See, don't you see you're that? such a liar. That's a pro tip that I just was, gave that you. That was good. I just gave you that's a great. That's what I wanted. I gave you a great pro tip, though. That's yeah. what you do when people uh, whose work you don't like. Yes, yes. Solicit your. Uh, your Endorsement? You, no, your critique of what happened. Yeah. What did you. Oh, I'm really anxious to hear what you think about this, Daniel. What do you think? Seems like, hey, seemed like you were having a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, you can't refute that, that. Right, right. That's great. That's a or, great tip. better yet, say to me, hey, what did you think? Uh, hey, what'd you think? What can I say? You've done it again. <laughs> there but, he goes, everybody. But Daniel let's just, Jeremiah. can we just close it with one, one, one thing here? Um, thankful for all that you've done to mm-hmm. kind of start mm-hmm. us both. I think, Bucky, you took us both under your podcast wing. Um, and I feel like, I, f- I just feel like with the Around the NFL guys, I feel like you did the same thing for them. I don't know if you get any of that respect now, or appreciation. We went one too far. That's yeah. it. You yeah. know, you were like, you know what? I always wanted to have a baby. And uh, you and Bucky are that baby. Mm -hmm. And then I loved that baby. And I was like, you know what? Maybe two babies will be better than one baby. You know what? I was wrong. Nope. Thank you, Daniel Jeremiah. Thank you, David. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. Boy, I, what, what happened there? We, we, we only got uh, 30 minutes. I, cu- I could have got another 30 minutes easy with DJ there, MOVP. Most popular guy in town. I know. I wanted to get uh, deeper into the Lamar Jackson thing because them Bengals fans have been all over me since we did that mock draft show on Sunday night. They're very unhappy. It, it, it's as though they don't know that their QB is Andy Dalton. I don't know what they think. It's it's See, that's the crime of low expectations. This is how you wind up. Andy Dalton, and somebody actually texted me or uh, tweeted me, um, how dare I talk that way about Andy Dalton? Don't I know how good he was in 2015? Hmm. Three years ago. That was a great that year. Seems like a weird, that seems like a weird uh, note to send out to advocate for somebody. Anywho, all right, uh, these guys now, they have coached some, uh, some big-time QBs, Favre, Steve Young, Andrew Luck and beyond. Here they come. The head coach from the Stanford Cardinal, David Shaw, and our pal, uh, former uh, NFL head coach. Obviously, I already covered him. Why I'm doing this again, I don't know. Let's just get to it. Mooch. Oh, that's Dave Damashek. Well, we're as you can tell, we're already uh, pretty casual here. Coach Mooch setting the tone here. I thought also to help accentuate the casual tone I'd like to take here. Um, I've, uh, I'm, I'm lounging on the couch, as you can see, you know, this please is, make yourselves comfortable. That's creepy at best. All right. Well, listen, let, let, I, I don't need critique. I want to, first of all, say hello to the great head coach of the Stanford Cardinal bowl games and every season he's been the head man there, double digit wins, <laughs> almost an expectation now up in beautiful Palo Alto. Here he is, Coach David Shaw. How are you? Thanks for uh, coming in here. I'm great. I'm great. Good to see you both. It's awesome that he comes in and does the draft every year. Are you kidding me? It it, it really is cool stuff, I'm, yeah. It, it's hard to get a coach from college to come in, you know, day one or day two with the, when their kids are getting drafted to be on the set for five or ten minutes because they're so darn busy. And he, he gives us this, this time, this quality time for several days and prepares for the draft for crying out loud. It's mm-hmm. also my only time to see Mooch, though. I was just going to say. We're hanging out. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say, the. Uh, Even though- can I introduce you now? You know, it's uh, here he is. He happened to coach a team that plays Stanford every year. It's called a big game. Right. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard there was a one time a lateral thing on a kickoff that got uh, crazy. The band is on the field. <laughs> you, well, how old were you then? Were you oh, even gosh. born? That was born? I was born. That was a long time ago, though. 82. Yeah, still some questions about whether a knee was down or not. But no, it was a score. Touchdown. To touchdown, Cal. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm with you, Coach Shaw. I really do. I, I, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but, you know, if, you, if there were instant replay, I don't think that touchdown would have stood. I really, really don't. I think they would have had to reverse it. It yeah. would have gone upstairs for a while. Yeah, it would have gone a long upstairs. time. That was a great call by Joe Starkey. That was that will live forever over in the uh, the Cal 
by the locker rooms over there by the Hall of Fame. The band is on the field. That that trombone or that whatever the heck that thing. Uh, one of one of your it's, you guys are probably trying to come and get it because it belongs to. The, I don't think anybody's want to touch that. It's thing. all bent up. It's, it's all bent out of shape and it's and it's framed and it's up on the wall. We one of the, perhaps the weirdest mascot in all of college sports is a tree. That's what the, 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 <clears> they put a student in the. In a tree costume, and he runs around. But anyway, it's Steve Mariucci, of course, longtime NFL coach as well as uh, college coach. Let's start there quickly. Coach Shaw, people always, I mean, your name comes up every year, and you always demure and say you really love the life of, uh, of Stanford. You have, you have kids that maybe that has something to do with it. But explain to me, because I'm kind of, I can see the virtues of both. Let's make, you know, you like, what should we do? Let's make a pros and cons list. Let's make a pros and college list. Why college? What's better about uh, being a college head coach instead of an NFL head coach? Well, I can't speak for anybody else except for myself uh, and my family. And where I'm different is that I got into the NFL really early. I mean, I was three years out of college. I'm at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I got hooked up with John Gruden and had a great time and went with Brian Billick to the Baltimore Ravens. So I did nine years in the NFL kind of right off the bat. And then flip to college later. So for, so for me, the, the NFL doesn't hold some, you know, oh, my gosh, what is it like? I've already been there. I've coached in bowl, uh, uh, playoff games. I've coached pro bowlers. I've coached Hall of Fame guys. So for me, it's not that draw uh, to get there because I've been there. Um, and then to come back to a place like Stanford, that's my alma mater, which is a, a perfect fit for me and my family. Uh, not to mention, I think we're still building. We've done really well, but I think we're still building, and we have a chance to do something special in the next few years. Hmm. Coach Mooch, advocate for the NFL lifestyle over the college head coaching style. Like, at least you get – I imagine that you don't – when you're in college, you don't stay at the Ritz-Carlton as much as you do it when you're an NFL head coach, right? I mean, like the team. I mean, I, when, when you're traveling abroad. I remember when I was first a college coach, Dave. I was coaching for Northern Michigan, the Northern Michigan University, and our recruiting budget was really small, and, and uh, we would recruit – downstate Michigan you know Grand Rapids and Saginaw and Detroit and Clinton and we only had a few hundred bucks in our pocket when we went down there another coach and I literally slept in our car one night just to, just because we ran out of money to hmm. go see some more schools man it's back when you had a coat and tie on when you that's recruited right. that's what Stanford does now anyway but um, I have some great memories I have about 15 years of coaching in college I have about I have 14 years in the NFL, and now I have 13 years with television, and so I've loved them all. You know, I I, I don't I don't know if there's a, a choice that I would make. It's it's hard because it was so much fun in college. You can you can try to be impactful in these kids' lives. Yeah, try absolutely. Um, he's got such great kids over there at Stanford. Um, I really enjoyed though the pros. You know, I, I um, you know you. To me, it was the cream of the crop. It was the, you know, the, and, and the guys that are great are, are so awesome to be around, whether it's the Steve Youngs or the Farves or the, you know, the Reggie Whites or the Jerry Rices, and those kinds of guys are like, you know, I'm still in awe of them. And um, and then there's some that drive you crazy too. So um, it's all good, who? Jack. It's all good. I can't think of anybody who would have driven you crazy when Nobody you were drives. in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to let's do this because I, I, I want to talk about all that kind of stuff about uh, the the philosophy of, of coaching in, in the 21st century. But let's do the uh, the more down the middle, pay the bills kind of thing. And uh, we have Coach Shaw here and uh, Coach Mooch jump in as well from you. You've obviously had to watch uh, watch film on both Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. You've had the game plan for them. What jumps out to you? about what what did you try to do what did you try to take away from Sam Darnold actually I don't want to I don't want to ask anything just talk about how you game plan against Sam Darnold first of all well well, first of all for both those guys um, I agree 100% that it was time for them to leave the conference (laughs) and get as far away from us as as possible Um, but Sam in particular uh, his anticipation his pocket presence um, his his desire uh, to extend plays and make plays and his athleticism um, it's hard to pinpoint one thing that's so good about him because when he's on, it's special, special to watch. You go back to that Rose Bowl game uh, a year ago um, against Penn State, and it was just phenomenal. It was as good as you can play the position of quarterback. I thought it was, uh, it was outstanding. And you can get to him. You can try to rattle him. It doesn't work. You might be able to sack him once in the game, but you're not going to get him two or three four times. He's going to get away, and he's going to buy time for those guys to get open down the field. 
what is uh, what did what jumps out uh, as you look at uh, Josh Rosen getting ready to play UCLA? Well, the hard thing with with Josh is that everybody's a viable option, um, no matter how far how how far down the field. Um, he can make tight window throws. He can make the big throw down the field. He'll check the ball down. Um, he's outstanding in the pocket. Uh, we talk so much about pocket movement, and it's subtle. You know, just sliding, keeping your eyes down the field. Um, he can throw the ball with guys in his face. He can throw the ball in the tight windows. Um, he made three throws against us that were just – they were NFL throws that, that not many college guys can make, and that's what you get when you get Josh Rosen. I got a question for him, if I may. Please, Coach. The floor so, is yours. So – they were both California kids coming out of high school. So go back to the recruiting time for each of those guys. What did you get involved with recruiting them, or where did that go? Uh, well, you know, Sam. Sam was one of those guys. That San Clemente High School, huh? Yeah, Sam was really, really good. He was a great athlete. Um, had, had had some injury issues uh, throughout his career. Um, we all kind of felt like he was going to USC. I think everybody in the West Coast kind of figured he was going there anyway. So I think everybody kind of threw their hat in just to kind of see how it was going. But oh. I think we knew he was going to USC. Okay. Um, Josh was the, you know, unquestioned top quarterback in America. Um, we had some tough decisions to make because we – I like to take a break and not take a quarterback in every single class. I know not mm. everybody does that. And that was that year for us. Um, so we, we thought about it. We, we you know, he, he came to camp and, of course, put on a show. He was outstanding um, quarterback. He was at your Stanford camp in the uh, summer? Yeah, yeah. He did, a, he did just a few camps, um, which a guy like of his stature doesn't need to, but he did, and it was great. Um, but we chose not to take a quarterback that year. Um, so we took a break that year, and, um, you know, you watch him and you say, wow. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me, and it, it's, you know, Josh Rosen, I think the thing that over the last few months – has emerged is that he likes to read books, shame the devil, you know, that uh, somehow being cerebral is not uh, something you, you want in your QB. And maybe, I mean, he's definitely got some gunslinger to him, and I think he was maybe put in that position based on uh, the talent around him there at UCLA. But, you know, and, and Coach Mooch, you mentioned uh, Steve Young and Brett Favre. What do you like better as the head coach? Do you like the, the game manager guy, or do you like or, – or, or so. Or do you like the guy who rolls the dice? You, know you want to take that one, Mooch? You're not going to get me because when I was at – listen, Dave, you, I'm sure you've been through this. When I, when I first took the job at the Niners, I was a wet behind the ears, still am. Somebody asked me a question. What do you, what do you like – who do you like better, Steve Young or the Brett Favre kind of thing? So I – like an idiot, I said, well, they're two different guys, right? They're two – polar opposite kind of guys here you, Brett Favre he's the tough guy he's the toughest guy ever the, in the world you know and then you got Steve Young who is really smart like you know like kind of where you're going right now Shaq so I answered it kind of like that well little did I realize I'm going to get grief from both guys absolutely go, what I'm not tough and Favre what I'm not smart enough and so and so you can't win you can't win when you compare guys like that Shaq all right. What was your question anyway? <laughs> well, listen, I mean, that's a sort of a comp that you would make now. Josh Rosen, there are people even, you know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what Jim Mora was insinuating, but the, the notion that Sam Darnold's a better fit in Cleveland. And we talked to Daniel Jeremiah and, and DJ says, oh, it was, a, it, you know, it's cold and it's muddy in Cleveland and his more rugged build will stand up better in Josh Rosen. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I mean, th this has become now for the last six weeks, MOVP over there can tell you that this is something that I cannot let go of is the notion that blue collar towns only can, or, or they're built to appreciate a certain kind of guy. Like, well, like, so wait, if they would have drafted Dan Marino, and you just got if they would have had Dan Marino lighten it up, it would have been like he's unrelatable to us. You know, right. we're blue collar folk. Like, what? What does that mean? A NFL fan bases appreciate winning. That's right. If you don't win, then they'll find something wrong with you. That's just kind of the way it goes for the head coach and the quarterback. That's just how it is. If you if you win, they love you. If you don't win, they're looking for somebody else. Um, do you buy though that Josh Rosen can stand up? Let's say he goes to uh, one of those Rust Belt teams. The uh, suppose that there might be maybe uh, maybe I'm not being cynical enough maybe I am naive will they will Josh Rosen be a tough fit in in like I say a place like Cleveland for me when to me that's kind of going outside the scope right when you put the film on and you watch the guy play the position he can throw the ball he can operate in the pocket he can move you down the field um, he's outstanding so 
whether whatever talent it's in, if he can go move the team down the field and get the ball in the end zone, they could care less what, what he's what his personality is or whether he's a fit for a rustic town. It doesn't matter. They're coming to the to the stadium to watch their team win. So, um, it, I look at skin, Dave. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? No, thickness of the skin. Because it, I I think whoever goes to Cleveland, it needs to have some real thick skin. Because I think there's a real, uh, there, there will be a, 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 a growing pains and there will be some hard times. And he's, he, whoever it is, and he starts playing early, whether it's Darnold or Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen or, or Bernie Kosar, I, I don't care who it is, taking over this team that's just, <laughs> they're 1-31, all right? So there's some building to do. You better have some thick skin because you're going to go through the boos and the losses and the ups and the downs and, and the expectations, but they're not going to come as fast as somebody else on a good team. You know, and, and, and remember the Elway, or I'm sorry, the, the Peyton Manning and, and Ryan Leaf thing. Ryan Leaf was as talented as all get out. Absolutely. You remember that. Absolutely. I mean, he was, it was a coin flip with a lot of teams. Who was, who was better mm-hmm. than Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf didn't handle the adversity very well. He didn't handle, uh, you know, losing and taking criticism from the media and those sort of things. And, and I say that because whoever goes and plays as a young quarterback to Cleveland will have to be, will have to handle that and, and be okay with it and say, you know, we'll be all right. We'll, you know, and, and it's, it's that kind of a kid. Is it Josh Rosen? Maybe it is. Maybe he can handle that very well. It doesn't it feel, though, to me, see, the situation that seems potentially combustible is Baker Mayfield with the Jets and getting booed or, you know, a, a, a tough media and fan base. I feel like if he feels like they don't love me, you know, they're booing me, I feel like that's what could get sideways. You know, I, 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 it's not so much that, hey, he reads too many books. You mean Baker Mayfield <laughs> might gesture across the field I don't know the media or something? That's the he's, one I'm, you know, but, but aside from, aside from players, coaches, you, you guys both have, uh, have ties to perhaps, well, probably in my opinion, the, when it's all said and done, the greatest uh, pro football coach of all time, Bill Walsh, um, and I feel like he personifies this transition. And correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm not uh, around him on a daily basis like you guys were. But from the outside looking in, in a world of Bob Knights and and uh, you know Bill Parcells to some degree, I feel like Bill Walsh, you know, the the at least outwardly was the cerebral guy was not uh, was not an in your face guy questioning your manhood and all that sort of thing. Could a could you is there such a thing in the 21st century as an old school kind of berate you, break you down, and build you back up and make you into a man kind of thing? Well, I think if you if you dig if you dig enough and talk to enough guys that played for Bill, you'll get a million different stories. Bill was a master at getting guys to play, and for some guys he was going to get in their face and question them. Some guys he's going to go back behind them and put his arm around them. Bill did whatever he thought was necessary to get guys to play at their at the highest level. Um, so just to, to say that about Bill. But I think today today's a little different. Um, today's young people are, are different. Um, but you still have to challenge them. You have to challenge them. You have to push them. Uh, you have to find out, quote, unquote, what their, their buttons are. Um, you don't have to do it in a behind-the-back, sneaky matter necessarily. Uh, but you give them a platform to perform and, and, and challenge them and, and do whatever it takes to get guys to play together and play at their best. Is that the lesson, Coach, is that it, it, it's not one size fits all? I went to Indiana University. I cheered for those Hoosiers basketball teams with Coach Knight, but I also always knew, well, I couldn't make it with that guy. I would weep in uh, five minutes into the first practice, and then he would kick me out, and that would be the end of our relationship. Can Is it now you, you do have to understand the individuals on your roster? I think, I think, too, the guys that went to play for Bobby Knight knew what they're getting into, and, and they were kind of guys that like to be coach hard. Um, if, if they didn't want that or need that, I think they'd go elsewhere, you hmm. know. Same with a Nick Saban over there at, 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 at Alabama. He's got certain ways, you know. He's 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 kind of like the. I guess the yes, Belichick. Nick Saban does uh, he's stand pretty, out. Um, you know, a guy like David is 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 got away with all kinds of kids, whether they're the brilliant 
student athlete or the guy the, that came from a tough background, he's got a chance, he's got a way of, of himself to, to have a relationship with them. I think if you have a relationship with those kids, you can coach them pretty darn hard. And they'll respect you and listen to you and respond. Um, if they if they don't if they don't have a relationship or if they don't respect David Shaw or Mary Uchi or whoever that coach is, man, it's hard to coach anybody. And, and so I think that it starts with recruiting. It starts with your reputation, and and, and uh, th- that's why he can coach these kids so hard year after year um, because they respect what he does and who he is, and he has a relationship with them and their families. Let's talk about the. Uh the Cal Stanford uh, rivalry a little bit because coach Mooch said he wanted to do that. I, you know, the most important position in football, they say is the quarterback spot. Who's had better quarterbacks, Cal or Stanford. I don't even know if this is even a debate. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to run down the, the Cal list and well, you got okay. the best of all, all right. time Let's on, uh, on Let's the Cal run. side. Let's run. Okay. So Steve Bartkowski was the first pick in the draft. It's outstanding. Do you remember Joe Roth? Do you remember I, Joe I Roth in 75? He was a terrific quarterback. On a I was three team. years old. I know, but he read a read a history book, and <laughs> and he died of leukemia, Dave. Did he? Yeah, I mean, just right after he got done playing. Oh, Terrible wow. story, awful, great quarterback. Um, uh, you know, you're talking about guys like Aaron Rodgers. You know him? He's pretty doggone He's pretty good. good. Kyle Bowler went in the first round. I had a guy named Troy Taylor uh, and Mike Pulaski when I was there. They were good, really good quarterbacks, not great pros, but – um, who else am I missing? Gail Gilbert, um, Joe Cap. You weren't you Joe were, Cap. You were just a, yeah, a kid he when he played. Uh, Fifty nine. He was a coach. At yeah. Some point. Yeah. Um, okay. Who else? Am I missing? <laughs> but I'm, I guess I, we get to stick on Aaron Rodgers because he's kind of holding down the fort yeah, right wait, now. Yeah. Well, Cal. Matter of fact, did you, you hear did bring... a, Jared Goff? I was just gonna say, okay. coach, yeah. is another guy who had a good sophomore. <laughs> All right, you go. There. Uh, I'll just give you a few. Um, Luck, Elway, Plunkett. Coach are, are, are we still that talking about this? Are we still yeah. talking about this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that Mooch needed about nine minutes to, to qualify why. <laughs> has Coach, uh, has Mooch ever told you about, uh, see, he's a savvy guy. I don't know. The weather in Palo Alto is generally pretty nice. But if you ever have to travel, I know Oregon and Washington, it can get sideways sometimes later in the season there. Coach Mooch, give him a tip about what how you used to keep Brett Favre and company warm when it was cold up in Lambeau. <clears throat> well, first, you start – you. Forget Gatorade or water over on the sidelines. It's chicken bouillon, okay? It's so good. By the way, I think that is one of the greatest things, that they give you guys chicken <laughs> soup on the sidelines. And, and then – I hope the other side doesn't get it, though. Heck no. We give them cold, chilled yes. water with lemon in it or something. But um, <laughs> So at halftime – and there was always two games a year at Lambeau that were like – that's why they call it the frozen tundra. And so um, there was a sauna right outside of the locker room. And the, our quarterback meeting was in the sauna, and Ty Dittmer would be pouring, pouring water on the rocks and be steaming up in front of be like, oh, this is awesome, this is good. And I'd be trying to coach him. He goes, just relax. i got to think about this heat for a minute. And, and so we would have our meeting in the sauna at halftime just to talk about what's going on and warm up. The stupidity of it all was <clears throat> if you're in there for 10, 12 minutes, or 10 minutes, you start sweating or all that moisture gets on you and you're like wet, right? You got to go back out and play the second half, It freezes, half, doesn't it? <laughs> by, the time, by the time they run on the field, it's like it's frozen again. And, and it was the worst thing ever. But for, for 10 minutes, it was the best meeting of all time. And we look forward to it. Mike Holmgren with, looking over. What happened? Always, to, what happened to Favre? The <laughs> Favre's been terrible in, since we came out of the locker room for the second half. What happened, Mooch? Water on the rocks. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Coach Shaw. One thing that's always stuck in my craw is uh, so you can use that sauna trick. I think, but I, I think what we've learned today is that you shouldn't use. It. Not going to happen, but that's okay. Um, they don't have one at Stanford. <laughs> See, that's, that's a, uh, in favor of pro football there. Um, uh, Coach Shaw, though, it's always bothered me. And I wonder, mild-mannered as, as, as you come off, how much does it bug you that the Final Four didn't exist in the year that I always feel like Stanford should have gotten its shot at, uh, at LSU? How much is that, does, does that bother you or do you just move on? 
You know, I, I don't waste emotion on things I can't change. Um, I do believe uh, Coach Harbaugh's last year at Stanford, I thought we were one of the top teams in America. About my first year, uh, 2011, we were one of the best teams in America as well. This was before uh, the 14 playoff. Um, so you, you can't go back and worry about those things. Um, all you can do is try and put yourself in position again uh, to get to one of those games. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Chuck. So... <clears throat> Do you like the four-game playoff, Dave? I think the four-game playoff is outstanding um, as long as it's on our way to an eight-game playoff. That, mm. that was going to be my follow-up question, too. <clears throat> yes. I'll you, tell you, you what. I think, it's, eight, huh? I think it's great right now. I really do. And But for me, what's going to happen, I truly believe, is that every year it's like, it's like, a, it's like an experiment. Every year you get more data. Every year you get more data. And every single year you can point to three teams – that have a legitimate gripe about not being in the, in the playoff. We had we had Mike Hughes over in the studio the other day, right? UCF undefeated. I go, Are you guys the champs? He goes, Yeah, we are national champs. And so, I mean, I don't even know if they would have got in if there were eight. If you go five uh, conferences, I, I think large. if there was a committee, if there if the, if the committee had opened its scope and was going to take the top eight teams, it would be hard to keep a UCF out. It'd be hard. Yeah, yeah I think they'd have to go, but. I, you know, I'm just a pedigree snob, and I love the, sure. I love the idea that, I, I, and UCF now is it now has corrupted this and makes me think maybe we do now have to go to at least six and have uh, three through six play one week and the top two get a bye, something yeah. along those maybe lines. Maybe that's the next step, which I, is probably the next step. But yeah, go ahead. I, I would do it that way because the thing that makes college football its postseason superior to any other out there is that it remains a meritocracy because, I mean, UCF notwithstanding, I feel like how many times is there a team that is fifth in the nation that has any claim to being the best team in the country? That that almost never happens. I mean, it's a, it's a real anomaly. You could, be, you could be Stanford or Oklahoma State a few years ago and make a case, you know, we really deserve our shot because we're – really the best team in the country there's not a fifth or sixth ranked team out there that's like you know the first the the first year of the playoff tcu and baylor were phenomenal they were got left out they were outstanding you could have taken either one or both of those teams in a playoff um so i I think every year there are a couple of teams that you look at and say gosh you know penn state you know who won the big 10 uh who played outstanding football they got left on the outside uh, a year ago so I think every year there's going to be a couple of teams that have a legitimate, you know, gripe or or especially if you win your conference. You did everything you could to win your conference and you get left out. Those are difficult conversations. And win to have. the conference championship game? That's what you're talking about. Win the uh, championship yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then would you propose five the five major conferences to all get in? They're in. Yes. And then three more at large. I would say at some point, yes, um, but I agree with Dave that it's it might be five and then one and at then large one. team, and then two, the top two teams, once you see them, they get a bye, and then they, 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 you kind of work the rest of it, it out. It only well, makes what, sense. What would have been the best is, on some level, is if Texas would have joined the, the Pac-12 or whatever it would have been called at that point. Because if that would have happened, then you would have had pretty naturally four power conferences and then that would have yielded four teams that automatically get in and then you go with two wild cards a UCF and that runner-up in the most rugged conference those are your two wild cards I think that would be a good system so basically we're saying anything but four <laughs> no, but, but no I can go back to the four you know I, I but you know what I advocate for old school major league baseball when when two teams won their respective pennants and they played a best of nine now we don't have any dead no flukes can happen I, I know uh maybe I'm curmudgeonly but all right that, that at least uh merit wins out last question last question for you coach Shaw uh and uh and coach Mooch you know we were talking like I say to uh to Jeremiah and it really is hard to fathom that you know 2012 Andrew Luck was almost given a gold jacket before he ever took a snap in the NFL it's funny to believe it's not funny but it's hard to believe that just a a half a decade later we're wondering if he's going to play if he's going to play at that same level any insight I assume that uh, you know that uh, you're at least semi-aware of uh, what's going on with Andrew I think all signs are good um, Andrew's worked his tail off um, since really about midseason. 
Um, I know he's, he's taken some trips, works with a lot, of, a lot of different people, came back to Stanford and worked for a while to get his body right. Um, I think he made some decisions in the past, which he said publicly multiple times, where he's going to power through. He's a tough guy. He works hard. He wants to be there for his teammates. And he got to the point where he's not making himself better. Um, so he had to take a step back, which for a true competitor, right, drives you nuts. Um, but uh, to see the look in his eye now, um, to see the shape that his body's in now, um, to see how close he is to being back able to, to throw. Because, I mean, don't, don't forget now, like, he dropped this guy on the worst team in football and took him to the playoffs three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the guy's phenomenal. And to see him back now in great shape and with that desire to get back, he's taken enough time away. His body's feeling good inside <laughs> and out. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him sling the ball up in Indianapolis. Think about what he just said. Uh, you know, any of these rookie quarterbacks that are going to get drafted this year, Andrew Luck went 11 and five three years in a row. I mean, it, I mean, it, he won, he won, and he carried that team on his back. It's just, it's so. Um, we all have our fingers crossed because he hasn't thrown a ball in over a year. I know he's maybe got a little ball, you know, a little Nerf ball like you play with your kids in the backyard. But man, the, the league needs him to play. The league, not just the Colts, the league needs Andrew Luck because he was one of the prized possessions in, in over a decade as a draft choice, and, and uh, he's, a, he's a good voice and face for the league. Uh, he makes things more competitive, and man alive, we're just all keeping our fingers crossed that he shows up and starts day one and, and can stay healthy because we need him. And to Coach Shaw's point, yeah, I hope that uh, he gets more practical, uh, the roster – um, loads up this week and beyond for, for his sake. I feel like some teams, are, you know, that's the connection, Stanford, uh, Cal. I feel like in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, that they at some point accepted the premise, we have a do-it-all QB, ergo, we don't have to build anything around him. We should do you know. I feel like Andrew Luck, to some degree, didn't get the benefit of, uh, hasn't been able to be on a great roster yet and still is finding his way into January every time he's out there. So certainly, yeah, and a delightful guy too for, uh, um, you know, even though I once offered to shave him because he has that beard, I said, can I give you a shave? It would be great. And he said, no. He obviously sees that you don't know how to shave. All right, that's the end of this. <laughs> Just because I don't have a head of hair like you, Mooch, it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, all right, listen, Coach Mooch, Coach Shaw, thank you so much uh, for the time. I know it's a busy week for you guys. Have a great time talking about uh, all things NFL draft. Have a great time, and uh, and that's it. That's it for the show. We'll talk to you later in the week. Who do we have, MVP, coming up? We have Carson Palmer. Oh, Carson Palmer? Oh yes, we got the, the yes. We well, well, listen. Bottom line, we have a lot of good stuff coming up. Can we hang he, around for that? Sure. Yeah, you can just hang Some out. Some autographs? But you don't get the couch. The couch belongs to me. You have to sit You know, have you ever have done an interview with a guy on a couch? This is a first for me. I'm getting really, I'm, I'm getting really more uncomfortable as this goes on. Now move over. therapist. When I was a kid growing up, uh, all right, that's it for, uh, for the uh, DDFP today. We'll talk to you later in the week from Dallas, Texas. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.